this is serious podcasting in in my world. And just to see that you didn't take it seriously, I think is probably indicative of the show. So it's really on par and on brand for what the folks that are listening or watching can come to expect. That is a heavy, heavy accusation. And yes, you look wonderful. The at-home setting, you look like you are on a TV set. Uh, I know you, you know, you got the new crib and whatnot. So I know that the lighting was strategically placed. Listen, I just moved in. I still got boxes everywhere. All right. Yeah, um, so I'm sorry, El. I'm going to try not to bring this, uh, the quality, the production yeah. value at all of this podcast uh, down to my level. I will play up to your level. Okay. Well, what you mean is you're going to try harder next time because you've already done that in the very first episode, but that's okay. Uh -oh. That's neither yes. here nor there. And that's Correct. also why your name's never going to be on the graphic. Welcome to the L. Duncan Show. Wait, ever? amazing um, intro. I would say the only thing that was shorter and less significant than that intro to the world was Aaron <sighs> Rodgers' intro to the world. I feel like segue. the podcasting gods like smiled at me this week because it's as if they knew I would be starting this show this week, you mm -hmm. know, in a field where there are many voices, but they just knew that my cold, dead, petty little heart needed this thing, needed this one moment to be my star vehicle as I start yeah. this next phase of my journey. I mean, Gary Streisky, even I am having a hard time with this because on the one side, of course, there is the idea that as a sports center anchor, you're a sports center anchor. We need Aaron Rodgers in the league. We need him playing. We need the Jets to be good. We need intrigue. We want the division battles. We want those things. We want him saying sort of his snarky comments. We want him on Pat McAfee. We want Aaron Rodgers. We love to hate him or we love to love him or whatever it is. But the other part of me, Gary, and that of course is the petty part, just loves the idea that all of our coworkers gathered together at Greenie's apartment. Oh, you call it an had, apartment. They had chicken wings and they had a menu planned and they dusted mm. off their jerseys and they thought mm. of all of the bad that was going to be replaced with trophies and Lombardis and they had visions of so many things dancing through their heads and they were on Instagram and they were cheering and they were J-E-T-S-ing and for it to have lasted three entire snaps yeah. 90 <laughs> seconds is just you can't write this I'm a horrible person I know well I'm, I didn't want to be the one to say it <laughs> it's not funny that he got hurt. Let me be clear before you all yeah. are angry and mad. It's funny that there was so much hype and it lasted such an insignificant amount of time. I mean, it's just heartbreaking. Adam Schefter thinks that this is the most heartbreaking thing that's ever happened. Aaron Rodgers' torn Achilles might be the most devastating injury to a team and a fan base in NFL history. Tell me a player who's ever received more off-season hype, no one, a player who raised another team's expectations more than Rodgers did, maybe no one, 
who had a season end four plays in without ever completing a pass. I don't think that's outside uh, the realm of an objective point of view at this point. Based off of every ounce of coverage that we gave the Jets in the offseason and Aaron Rodgers to lead up to this point, I got the news at improv class when the game kicked off and I started getting alert. Aaron Rodgers, down, down, down. And I was like in improv. Yes, and do go on. Please tell me more. Like, tell me this is a joke. Um, I have no dog in this particular fight as it relates to the Jets, but isn't any ounce of your there's 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 a soft loving L in there. Isn't any part of that just devastated at what this means to the NFL in totality? Yeah, like that's what I'm saying, Gary. I mean, there's certainly a part of me that's like, damn, I mean, it sucks because we wanted all of these storylines. And I, mm-hmm. I do, I, you know, listen, at some point you want something for the lovable losers. For a long time, I'm an Atlanta sports fan. Like for a long time, we were the lovable losers. And so it's been great being so, you know, winnery. Like yes. I, we're super champ. We just keep winning championship after championship. I don't even remember what it's like to lose. So I do understand what it's like to be a demoralizing loser like it is for Jets fans. And I, I hate that in particular, it feels like it's like them. You know, specifically, yes. and everybody's sort of dusting off the highlights from 1999 when the, you know, the expectations were palpable and the hype was there and Vinny Testaverde and, you know, they were like, I think like top five odds to win the Super Bowl and they were coming off a great season and they just, this was going to be their year. And then almost in exactly similar fashion, he tore his Achilles in the very first game and it was over. I think he made it a few more snaps than even Aaron did. But uh, so it feels bad in particular for the Jets because they just at some point you're like, you know, what did y'all do? Is there a goat? Is there, <laughs> right? Is there a history of a weird visit to New Orleans or something that resulted in something bad? Like, what has happened? That the Meadowlands is actually on sacred ground. MetLife is actually on sacred ground. Yeah. Do well, we I guess that was debunked because the, the Giants. Psychic? Um, sure. It's Carol Ann involved. I just, I don't know, Gary. And so, yeah, I do. I, I hate that for him. But I do, just the idea that it was one of the most epic letdowns mm-hmm. of all time. You know, it just was, I could not believe. It's the worst possible thing to happen. And it, it happened. It sent me down sort of a rabbit hole of like, where are there comparable injuries that just absolutely decimated or devastated an entire fan base? And maybe set them back years, maybe decades. Uh, one of the ones that came to mind as it relates to like absolutely gut-wrenching, rip your heart out of your chest, Joe Theismann, which happened on Monday Night Football. But of course, that was like Mm -hmm. November on Monday Night Football, ironically enough, against the Giants. Uh, But Washington had won a Super Bowl two seasons prior. They were a good team anyway, but Theismann's career was done. Boom. What about Carson Palmer? Wild card game. Two snaps. Two offensive mm-hmm. snaps into that game against the Steelers. Boom, rolled up on his knee. He's done. Bengals were never the same. But at least the Bengals were playing a playoff game, and that Washington team had success. This was all projection for the Jets. This was like week one of 17 where they're going to be that team. If there's any silver lining, though, L, they won the game. Their defense looks incredible. Yeah. Wilson is that dude. They have offensive weapons 
Zach Wilson's in his third year. He's in his third year. At some point, that quarterback taken number two overall has to turn a corner. It doesn't even no, need to be. No. Well, hold, hold on, hold on, hold no, on. No, I guess no. People always say that, Gary. People just say that arbitrarily, like at some point. That's like throwing out some grapes in your back porch and saying, at some point, those rotting grapes will eventually turn to wine. That's not true. Not edible wine, not well, wine you'd actually want to drink. Well, They're just rotting grapes. No, no, but it just doesn't just happen. You can't completely change your whole composition and wait, make wait, wait, Time out, time out, time out. Before you go from grape to wine, it shrivels up into a raisin. So I'm not saying Zach Wilson's going to go from Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers, but there's like that in-between point where Zach Wilson only needs to be the dude that doesn't turn the ball over. Get it to Brees Hall, get it to Dalvin Cook, get it to your playmakers, and don't lose the game. Be Trent Dilfer. Manage the game. Be Trent Dilfer. Get to the Super Bowl, complete 12 passes. That's what he did when the Ravens won in 2000. Was it 2000? In 2000, manage the game. Just don't turn the ball over. And I think that's the lowest acceptable bar, realistic bar, that you can give Zach Wilson. And I don't think I'm tripping and saying that. I'm just thinking Zach about Wilson needs to be a raisin. Zach Wilson needs I'm, to yeah, be I'm a raisin. Yeah, I'm thinking about the people that are listening to the podcast right now and thinking, do these people think that wine is made of raisins and just how country and wrong we are on so many levels? Um, Wait, hold on. Zach Wilson is Zach Wilson is mid. And the problem is, is that now we're sort of trotting out this list of like who could potentially they call, right? Because you're right. The formula to success, the formula to winning uh, when it comes to these great defensive minded teams is just make sure you've got like at least a running game or something on offense that you can lean on. Great defense. Keep your possessions short and just have a, a a manager, a game manager that doesn't affect the game in a negative way. He doesn't have to impact it in a positive way. And so right now we're sort of trotting out historic and classic game managers, or at least people who have reached that place in their life. And honestly, when you look at the list, not a single one of them is better than sort of what you've currently got in the building. Yeah. Um and that's, you know, Carson Wentz, like making a case for calling up like a Matt Ryan. Here's the thing. I don't care what none of y'all say about the Jets were headed to the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers under center. And I understand it was a small sample size. But in what I saw in those four snaps, three because one was technically negated, that O-line looked like some garbage. And I'm not particularly sure that the right move is to call 46-year-old Tom Brady from a broadcast booth somewhere and go, what do we think, Tommy? And so, yes, like I think that you have to sort of accept if you're a Jets fan that Zach Wilson is like, He's sort of like athlete's foot. You know what I mean? You can live a normal life with athlete's foot. It's not going to kill you, right? It's not like a debilitating sort of thing. It's just annoying and it's nagging. It's a little bit embarrassing. You don't want people to know that you've got it, but you can learn to sort of live a life around it. Um, or at least what I imagine athlete's foot was like, but I'm not the one that grew up going to the Y. So Gary, am I? is this tracking? Is this... Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe this is like a humble brag. Maybe this is about to be about me. I don't know what athlete's foot is like. I'm a guy who doesn't have BO, body order, and I don't oftentimes have to deal um, with those things that my, my male counterparts generally have to deal with. Is, is, is athlete's foot just sort of like a, a nagging thing, or is it something that you should really address? 
Well, I think, well, I mean, according to the commercials, I certainly have never had athletes, yeah. but, but according yeah. to the commercials, that's sort of how they describe, right? Like, Ooh, tough you, sour, you use the creams, it, it, they've got flare-ups. And that's what I mean to say is that Zach Wilson is like a flare-up, you know? And when he's bad, he's causing you issues. He's itchy. It's bad. You need a cream. I don't know where this is going. He's I just... The be- he's the best. He's the best. He's the best of all options out there. I'd rather have athletes foot than no feet at all. I don't want to be Lieutenant Dan out there. That was an interesting perspective, Gary. Thank you so much for that. that I'm was here to help. Really... I'm, I'm just the Robin to your Batman. I'd rather have athlete's foot than no foot at all. Tell me I'm wrong. Who says no? Oh, God. These are the kind. This is what happens when you find out the same day that you're going to join a podcast. First of all, I found out last night, okay? <laughs> it, it wasn't today. I found out last night, okay? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. I think we can all agree that this is a huge letdown, whether you're a Jets fan or not. Certainly lots of people getting their petty off when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. But it it has got me thinking about what has been just giant sports letdowns personal ones where you just felt like like you just really built something up so big in your mind um and it really just man did it spit the bit what you got yeah that sucks i do feel bad for jets fans but if we're gonna make it about ourselves l when i was in high school Mm -hmm. um when i was in high school i played sports football baseball basketball and in the off season for football um, my position coach was also the basketball coach. He was the assistant coach of varsity, head coach of JV. And he's like, hey, off season, you got to stay conditioned, come out for the basketball team. Like, all right, cool. Like, coach plucked me. He was like, yo, you're going to come play basketball. I had to go try out. He told me to come be on the team. He didn't put me on the team after tryouts. How devastating, how devastating is that? The coaches were like, hey, Gary, in the football offseason, you're going to come play basketball. And I was like, all right, cool. When do I start? When do games start? When does practice start? He's like, well, you got to come try out first. And then he didn't put me on the team after tryouts. 
<laughs> that was that's real bad, real bad. Elle. Wait, wait, had they ever seen you play basketball before inviting you to come join the basketball team? I mean, I just think that they assumed, you know, hey, it doesn't matter if Gary's good at basketball. He's tall, okay. He's a big body, and it's just going to keep him in shape. It's not. They weren't putting me on the basketball team to play basketball. They were putting me on the basketball team to practice and do cardio. But even I missed that bar. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, that was, gotcha. that was a tough one. What about you? Well, first of all, I just want to be really clear for the people that have never yeah. met you or that are just listening and can't actually see you. When you just described yourself yeah. as tall and big, was that um, high school Gary that I had never met? Because I don't think either one of those things would be two adjectives I would use to describe you in any way at all. Well, here's the thing. When people do meet me in person, they're like, oh, wow you're a lot taller than I expected. And then my response is always, was it because I'm Korean that you assumed <laughs> that, that I, that you assumed that, um, for the people keeping you track make them as uncomfortable as for possible the, for, is for the people saying. keeping track at home, uh, maybe, maybe six foot in my, in my fighting days in high school, like one, you know, 170, 180, everything slows down though. When you turn North of 30. So, Great. so, so, like so I daddy's, said. daddy's waist might've expanded just a little bit. <laughs> No, Gary, I'm, I'm, this isn't like an indictment on on your build. You have a great shape. You're a but you're an average height person, and you've got above average like a six solid, foot. Yeah, well, you're a, you're six foot. That's not. I don't think that's tall. I think that's average. Do you well, know what I mean? Well, average like, is technically like five nine for the American male. Well, but is it? I mean, I know that's technically what it says when you Google it. But in our mind, I would say in society's terms, six foot is considered average. I can't be wrong here. This is the this truth. Is, this is news in to me. Mind, in your mind, a six foot man is not considered a tall man. You, that's kind of your baseline. It's like, if you're under six foot, you're short. And if you're over six foot, then you are tallish. Whoa. Over six three whoa, being whoa, tall. Whoa, 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 Those whoa, are the parameters, whoa. Gary, L, I'm no, sorry. No, 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 If you're 5'10", you are an average height man. That, okay. that extra two inches, might as well be two feet, okay? Right. As it relates to dating apps, which I'm not familiar with, the internet, um, TikTok gurus who say, according to them, I'm in the 0.001% of men in the world. Six foot, north of 30 with no children, employed. You're looking at a unicorn right now, L. But stop making me, stop making this about me. It's not the Gary Streisky show. Give me an L. Duncan sports letdown. I'm sweating. Look at this. You got me sweating here in my own house that I don't have central air in yet. Come on. The only reason it's not the Gary Streisky show is because they don't know how to spell your last name. Um, yeah, I was going to go by Lee, but. Biggest sports letdown. Actually happened the day before I met you, Gary, because of course, for those of you that don't know, and that's probably most of you, why would you? Yes. I met Gary 10 years ago when I was working in Boston at Nesson. We were both there we at back. the same time. It was the regional sports network for the Red Sox and the Bruins. That's right. And the day before my first day at Nesson, I'm moving from Atlanta and I am at the Homewood Suites in Waltham and I'm going to have my first day the next day. But all I got to do is get through the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 47 with my beloved Denver Broncos taking on oh, the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. And I am fresh off the road after driving for two days yeah. and I've got wings and I've got a whole setup and my new life is starting in Boston. Just me 
and my mini kitchen in the Homewood Suites in Waltham. And I turn on the TV and I'm so ready to watch my team finally win again. The most prolific scoring offense in history. And the game starts safety. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we go into the half, zero points. We're down 22 points, we being the Broncos. And Bruno Mars comes on and he dominates. It's one of the greatest halftime performances that I've ever seen in my life, Gary. The, the best halftime performance ever. ever. One of them. One ever. of them. And he's so good. And he gets me hype again. And me <sighs> and my boyfriend at the time, now husband Omar, Omar's like, all right. Omar. Bruno got some good energy. Like, we got this. We in this. We going to do this. Like, you're often scored 55 touchdowns. You got this, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. kickoff mm -hmm. the Seahawks run it back mm -hmm. and immediately mm -hmm. it's 29 to zero I was like you know what mm -hmm. it was the most mm -hmm. soul crushing because it just in the same vein as the Jets it was just instant it's like right away you realize oh we are like yeah. we have no shot where this is gonna be bad it's a wrap yeah it's a wrap it was a wrap which was worse losing in that way, in the last game of the year, the most important, or losing your quarterback 90 seconds into the start of the season? Because at least that way, you know all season long, Gary, that you can check out. You know the expectations are low. But to ride that momentum all the way to the Super Bowl, which one's worse? Uh, which one's worse is what happened to the Jets. I mean, because at least you, you got to ride at like a four-month high. Like, and what, what people don't know is you're a big Broncos fan. I'm from Denver, uh, not born, but raised there. And I hate the Broncos. So we always had that, that we've always had that disagreement. Um, yeah. So I actually enjoyed watching them lose. And then the Patriots yeah, beat them. Then the, then the Patriots beat them the next season, the Seahawks. And it was like, well, if, if Peyton Manning couldn't beat them, but Tom Brady did, does that mean Tom Brady? Da, da, da? Anyway, um, it's definitely what's worse was what happened to the Jets. Um, because they, they, they had, they had 75 seconds to be like, this is our year. You had four months to be like, this is, this is my year. And look, here's the proof we're in the Super Bowl, and you got wings and a new That's job. Worse. That's worse because when you're flying, Gary, the drop off is more severe, right? Like you're just at the part, you're at the start of your ascension. If you're a Jets fan, you know, like, like, the, you know, peak excitement levels, but in terms of like the momentum, you're right at the beginning. If you fall off the first step, you're at worst, what, spraining an ankle? But if you fall off the 10th floor, you're dead, Gary. No, because no. it feels mm -hmm. that way when you watch your team make history and then in the Super Bowl, immediately <laughs> give up a fucking safety. I mean, I, you could say so that you lost to a better team. No, the Jets have it worse, Elle. and I will and I will tell you, everybody objectively would agree. Just like they're going to agree with me that six foot is tall, they're going to say, "L, we understand that you were emotionally attached to this Denver Broncos decision, and that's why you made it, and you have no emotional attachment to the Jets, which is why you don't think it's that big of a deal." Um, but yes, it's it's far worse being a Jets fan than a Broncos fan who made it to the Super Bowl and subsequently won, but. Three years later, okay? Yeah. Stop being yeah. greedy, L. Fair. I mean, yes. You guys got a special. Tro you got a special trophy for winning Super Bowl Fifty. You guys got a commemorative one. Yeah. 
it actually is really helpful too because I'm stuck at Roman numerals. And so whenever they're like, oh yeah, it's Super yes. Bowl XB11 Evy, I always remember yeah. that we won the 50th. It's nice, round, neat, perfect, it's, beautiful. They didn't use so Roman good. numerals that year. It was great. It's so good. Now we're doing LV. And I, yeah, I got, I'm doing Googling. Ever since 50, I've been doing some Googling. Yeah. I was good yeah, with yeah. the XVs. I was good with the XXXVs. You know what I mean? But. Um, the LV is a complete wild card. So season or week one is in the books officially, and we're mm -hmm. moving on to week two. And I feel like I'm not like raising the red flag. We keep seeing, or at least on sports and we keep using this one stat. The four quarterbacks that led the league in touchdowns last year had as many picks as touchdowns collectively. And it's like Burrow and Mahomes. And of course, Geno Smith's, pops in there it's a reminder man. last year you keep forgetting that he was throwing hey, my, my dude got paid he got 100 m's he, he did got yeah. m's. he got the money i'm not worried about any of them i mean i do think for a guy like joe burrow not playing the entire preseason hurts not having travis kelsey for mahomes hurts i'm big mad worried for josh allen and the bills i mean really i think apart from obviously aaron Rodgers not being the biggest storyline Save for it being a devastating season-ending injury, I think the biggest story from that game was Josh Allen just looking like he did in 2018 and 19, you know, when I used to describe him as like like a mushroom trip. It's like sometimes the trip can be good, sometimes the trip can be really, really bad. Either way, you're in for a ride because this guy, you just don't know what you're going to get. It's really like luck of the shroom. And he now that's, really now that's something – Something to speak from experience or just the your readings? No, this is just me speaking metaphorically, of course. Ah, Gary. of course, for sure. Quit snitching. And so I, so, so, but I think it's got to be. You're really not giving any credit. To see him take that many steps uh, backwards. And I thought Dan Orlovsky, our colleague Dan Orlovsky, he said something on SportsCenter to me that I thought was really poignant. He said that. Someone in the bill, he said that basically Josh Allen is doing this because of his machismo that he tries and fits balls into spaces that he should not be fitting them because he just wants to prove to people how good he is and that he's better than. And he says that someone in that organization needs to look at him and say, people's jobs are on the line and you need to grow up and be mature and stop trying to swing your, basically, um, because jobs are on the line here. Uh, and I thought that was really really poignant and something i hadn't thought about that it's machismo that's sort of keeping him back you're not giving any credit to the jets defense that across the board everybody is saying is one of the best units in the entire nfl and i, I would if that... it was i would if this was if this was an anomaly though gary i mean the guy's got like 58 turnovers since he came in the league so this is just indicative of what he does and some of those things had nothing to do with great defense and were just about him um, and his bravado and trying to, to, and making very poor decisions and trying to fit balls into places he shouldn't have. Ooh, that's what she said. And I was waiting on one of those. Ooh, I knew it there's was the Well, I, 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 Hey, that's, that's, that's also, um, okay. So when you draft a guy to be the guy, you have to let your guy be the guy. And he has proven it in the last couple of years that when you give him the opportunity to be the guy more oftentimes than not. He is that guy. Do I have the numbers like to back it up? No, but there's a reason that Buffalo has won the division since he got there, how they became 
a Super Bowl contender since he got there. So you can't praise and blame is all the same, right? You can't put too much emphasis on one without acknowledging the other. We can't sit here and say, yo, you're the man. You can, this is your team. The offense runs through you. We're going to get to the Super Bowl because of you. But when he makes mistakes, say, how can you do this? You shouldn't be doing this. We're not going to get to the Super Bowl if you continue playing like this. I don't, I don't get, the, I don't get the criticism. Well, I think it's because again, like the bills are the expectations for the bills is that they take that next step. They keep losing in the playoffs at best in the conference finals, mm -hmm. but in the past couple of years, they can't even really get past that mark. And so I think like they're looking for Josh Allen to sort of take that next step. And over the last couple of years, they felt like he's been able to do that, really sure. get some of the game decision and some of the, the, the issues that he had with turnovers under control. But we're starting to see even in the postseason last year that he's having some of his worst games and some of these really sure. big moments. And you pay these guys not because you care about division titles. And I know that sounds crazy for the Buffalo Bills, but this is a, a franchise that made four straight Super Bowls. Like, it's not just about the fact that they can't win. They're not the lovable losers of, like, the Browns who are just even trying to get there. I mean, this was a once-proud franchise that will historically go down as being one of the best losers of all time, if that's even a thing, right? Yes. And I think that for them it's about not even getting there. What has to happen for them to finally hit that mark and to finally have a Lombardi and bring that to a fan base that's been as loyal as any and all of sports? And the idea that Josh Allen is still doing some of the same things to hinder them from that. I said to, to Dan uh, Orlovsky after he told, you know, told me that on my show, I kind of compared him to Jay Cutler. In just the way that, like, Jay never was able to get past sort of the gunslinging mentality. And, you know, he's like, Josh Allen's way better than, jo than Jay Cutler. And that's fair. He absolutely is. I'm not saying that he isn't. I just meant in the idea that he could never get out of his own way. And that he just became a liability. And that he would impact a game, good or bad. And Josh Allen's getting to a point where he isn't having a game where he's just managing. And sometimes even the greats have a game where they just sort of don't have to factor. He is factoring in every game in either a negative way or in a positive way. And unfortunately, in those negative ways, it costs your team a chance to beat a Jets team that had just been demoralized by losing Aaron Rodgers. And I know that that defense is good, but there is no chance you should have lost that game. Zero chance. And I think that, you know, Josh Allen's got to look at himself um, and his energy and the way that he carried himself and the way that he uh, was, was, was sort of um, pouting during the game and really ask himself if that's what a leader looks like and if that's what's best for this Bills moving forward. I've been enlightened, El, because <clears throat> I didn't, I didn't, I've never looked at, the, looked at it through the lens that Josh Allen doesn't think his shit don't stink. And I'm still not a believer that that's, that's what it is. Maybe there is a little bit of bluster there. Um, gosh, maybe am I calling, I think I'm calling this an overreaction though. Cause they're not in any of these positions without him regardless. So what would you rather have? They're not in that, any well, of these positions. I understand, him. no, but that's not fair, Gary. It's not fair to say, you apply that exact same thing to literally anything else in life, right? So so I'm not able to say or receive criticism or feedback about my job performance because I could just look at my boss and go, well, do it without me then, 
Rutgers. Like no, that doesn't but- that doesn't apply. That's not listen, he's got to grow. He's been in the league now for what five years. Like this is about taking steps and moving forward. This is about getting paid like upper echelon talent and being named that and dubbed that and being able to do that thing that carries your team to the next level. It just is what it is. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying you've got to hold yourself accountable and take yourself to the mat because despite those first couple of years in the league, right? We stuck with you. We built mm-hmm. a team around you. We've invested. We've we've money. We've surrounded you by offensive geniuses. And now it's up to you to take all of the resources we put around you and make yourself better. You've got to do better. Machismo, Josh Allen. Listen, I can't even spell machismo, L, um, but I'm going to be looking looking at Josh Allen through that lens. Uh, it's phonetic. Come, come week two. Is it really? <laughs> M-A-C-H-I-S-M-O. Machismo. I'm a, I believe you. I believe you because you're a journalist. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. That's neither here nor there. We, uh, we, we, I think that my biggest takeaway, Gary, after week one, apart from Josh Allen needs to do better, is that Geno Smith is maybe the most relatable Oh my gosh. Football player. Do you remember a couple of years ago when <laughs> it was Sam Donald that was like, I'm singing ghosts, right? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. We had such a relatable moment from Geno Smith. The Seahawks were facing the Rams when Aaron Donald. Yes. When that's all so six scary. foot one, 280 pounds of him, like that is a big man. It's, it's, when he's yeah. running at you, and Geno was just like all the rest of us. Insert the side. I absolutely love that. I like, you know what I mean? Like there's so much false bravado. We just talked about it with Josh Allen. Like for him to be like, Oh God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was super spooked. Um, <laughs> what do you do when the scariest dude is barreling down at you and it's legal for him to kill you? What do you do? Well, I wouldn't it, know not play football. I exactly mean, what I Gino think, Smith did. yeah. Scream. Oh, sh- <laughs> loved it i'm I, I was thinking like who's because aaron donald is a big man but when yes. he takes the helmet off and maybe it's because he looks a lot like my son and he does um he's he's kind of looks like a lovable teddy bear what's and up x man who's on your all piss my pants team like wait who... also time yeah, out real like, quick because i talked yeah. to aaron not to say not to say I talked to Aaron Donald at last year's ESPYs, and I'm just saying, L, I'm just saying, okay. L, he and I were eye to eye. And he's a tick over six foot, I believe. Yeah, he's six yeah. one. He's tall. That's tall. Yeah, he's, he's no, he's big. He's That's big. Tall. Aaron Donald, oh, oh, not oh, tall. Oh, he's Aaron wide. Donald. Oh, he's, he's wide. Yes. He's, he's these big. are his shoulders for sure. Yes. But I'm just saying, like, you know, he's tall. And he's no, tall. I would not he's call him. him no, I wouldn't call. I don't think anybody would call Aaron Donald tall. They never do. They call him tall. They call him big. Correct. Like he would just, he would be he, the big and the big. He take, and tall. He take up space. He takes. He takes up some space. Yes, he is a large man, but that doesn't mean he is a tall. Yeah, man. yeah. He's right? got great skin too. He moisturizes. It's soft. So like, outside of a football uniform, you're like, is this guy? Is he part of an R and B band? Like he just he's put together. He smells good. The line's always tight. Um, gosh. So it's it's not necessarily sports specific, L, but as as a as a tax paying adult, the the O or the O F word, um, mentally, some sometimes I verbalize it. Sometimes it's just mental in my head when I check the mail, and um, I ha- I get a letter from the town that we both reside in. It's just instinctual. I'm like, I think I'm, 
Did I pay my taxes? Because I got a tax bill a couple of weeks ago. False alarm. But the town said I owed him $5,600. And let me tell you, that'll make you stop in your tracks. That'll make you deer in the headlights. So any sort of official correspondence, all right, from any local, state, or federal agency gives me the same feeling that Geno Smith felt. I know it's not a physical danger, but mentally I'm like, I'm in danger. Ralph Wiggum on the Simpsons bus. I'm going to take a little tinkle in the pants. I have concerns that you just opened yourself up to people sending you fake official looking letterheads and asking for your social security and bank account information, or they're going to show up at your job and arrest you. <laughs> Be like, I'm out front right now. Here good, I come to get you. Good luck buzzing in. But actually, hey, actually, as, a, as an actual physical representation of the OF, because, well, not, not that OF. I don't have one of those, can't sub. Um, when we are walking through the halls of ESPN and you and I work different schedules. So you're, you're there Monday through Friday, oftentimes and you're working that 6 right. p.m. sports center with Kevin, the Gandhi, me and Randy Scott do the weekend mornings. Okay. We don't see yeah. anybody. We see ourselves. We show our show group. We see the hair and makeup ladies. Then we're gone. When I'm there on a weekday, random weekday, and I see people or I see executives for some reason, it makes my heart race. It's scary. It's scary to yeah. see those people in person. Okay, so you're afraid of the tax man and executives in suits. Yes. I feel like this is probably something you should be talking to your therapist about because this feels um, like a trauma of some sort. Oh, this isn't a therapy? This isn't a Gary Strysky therapy session? (laughs) It feels that way a little bit. Yeah. Thank you for that ADD tour, sir. I don't know know how to talk to them. They're like, are you the stupid guy from SportsCenter Snapchat? You're like, yes, I am. Yeah, that's me. That's me. That's accurate. They don't know. You. Well, I don't think that they would recognize you from Snapchat either. That insinuates that they're watching. Yeah, no, that's true. But they're kids. They're kids. I've gotten that from a lot of the, you know, the law the offices time. of ESPN and building four, floor four. All the execs are like, the, my kids love you. My kids watch the yeah. show. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. When I used to do Snapchat, I got a couple of backhanded compliments from folks we worked at that were like, for some reason, my kid thinks you are so funny. I'm oh my like, gosh. Oh, really? Preface the form for some reason. You. Please do explain. For some reason. Thank Please you do, so much. Do you have a fear that, that stops you in your tracks, Elle? That doesn't yeah, have anything I was to do with that, the like, United States Postal Service? Well, similar to you, I don't really, I'm not like a fearful of like, like my, oh, piss your pants list wouldn't be like physically imposing looking people. I don't like people like people that just seem a little untoward or shifty to me are people that freak me out like randy johnson weirds me out i don't know why like he scares me that's all about that i don't know it feels like very tall like there's just something Hold on, um, that's adam so gase. random <laughs> adam gase like he's got very shifty eyes that's i don't trust random. them like if he came around a corner at night like doing all that i would be very weirded out um and also and I stand by this. I've said this a few times to friends, Ben Simmons and not anything physically. He's a fine looking man. It's, it's that the man is from Australia, inarguably one of the coolest accents of all time. And he still chooses to trot out a basic ass American accent instead of embracing his Australianness. And I don't trust anyone that would choose a, a basic, American accent over a beautiful Australian accent. I just can't trust that person. So yeah, if Ben Simmons, Adam Gase, and Randy Johnson 
walked around a corner. Heart attack, I'm out. Dude, she's just, boom, what happened to Elle? She lived a good life. She lived a good life. Uh, first of all, I was really, really hoping you were just going to end your sentence with Ben Simmons. It's not physical, da 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 but it's, he's Australian, period. Move on to the next topic. <laughs> that's what I, <laughs> that's what I was, oh, man. that's what I was really, really hoping for. Um, I, sp- I spent I spent a few weeks in Australia this year, and let me tell you what those people are amazing. It's one of my favorite places ever, and that's what I'm saying. I spent 16 days there, and I came back talking about she'll be right. So the idea that Ben Simmons <laughs> is American now, why? Like Nicole Kidman's been here for like 50 years, and she still trots out that Australian accent. It's a thing of beauty. Adam Gase, Randy Johnson, Ben Simmons. Realistically, given our work profession, who do you think you have? the most likelihood of running into in an organic atmosphere? Ben Simmons. Uh, ben Simmons. For sure. I mean, just... I mean, he ain't going to be at a basketball arena. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> just, I think in general, like, I could foresee that I would be at an event that he... Sure. I can't... Like, why would sure. Adam Gase be at anything that I'm at? And That's I don't true. know that Randy Johnson's going to be in anything I'm at either. So I would just... Whoa. Randy Johnson's doing a lot of sports photography lately with he and Ken Griffey Jr. So sure. maybe at one Fair. of these big events um, that you're at, maybe Randy Johnson pulls up. You can't miss him. 6'10". Fair. Yeah, I know. Well, trust me, I know. It's the stuff of nightmares. You know, <laughs> Gary, there's actually one thing that's more frightening than Randy Johnson. This is I don't know when this turned into be mean to Randy Johnson. Yeah. Hey, listen, we, we have a particular affinity for Randy's, just so you know. I know. It's yeah, fair. We do. Yeah. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Gary, it's story time. Yes. I've been waiting so, for this since this morning. So it's Super Bowl 49, and I'm working for the New England Sports Network, and they have sent me to Phoenix, Arizona to cover the Patriots versus the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. And I'm walking through the streets of downtown Phoenix, lugging a bunch of camera gear and stuff like that because, well, regional network. They didn't give us any help. You said Nesson, so I was in lockstep with that. (laughs) They made us do stuff like that. And I'm walking to my next hit, and I'm walking down the street. And all of a sudden, I start hearing someone behind me, and it sounds like they're catcalling me. Oh. And I start to make out what they're saying, and I hear, you know, look at that booty. And I'm like, ugh, whatever. Like, so I'm just still walking because, like, whatever. Men are men. Like, death to the patriarchy. And I just keep walking. They keep doing it, Gary. They keep 
look at that booty. Oh, it's the booty. Oh man. And I'm like, oh my God. So at this point I'm like, Jesus, I know it's a beautiful thing, but good God, it's just an ass. And I've reached the point where I just, I can't take it anymore. And after one more, look at that booty. I stop and I finally, I turn around and I am ready to yell at that car and cuss those men out. And I realize standing behind me was Doug Flutie. They were yelling, look, it's Doug Flutie. Flutie, it's Doug Flutie. Because he was walking behind me that whole time because he too was walking to all of the Super Bowl stuff. And so I went from super upset to like, oh my God, hey, it's Doug Flutie. And I introduced myself and we walked the rest of the way and chatted. But yes, that's what happened when your ego gets in the way and you just assume because you're walking your hot ass down the street that someone's noticing it. And instead, it was just the flute meister. And how was he? How was the conversation leading into the stadium? He was the nicest guy. It was so he was like the nicest man. It was fantastic. We had a great chat about getting ready for big games and he was just awesome. But it was incredibly embarrassing. But but we're sure we're sure it wasn't Doug Flutie commenting on <laughs> We're, and we're sure of that. Do we have, I mean, were you with Gamer? Were you with, were you with Jamar? Who were you with that could corroborate, you know, make sure that was with, it wasn't Yeah, pretty. I know. Yeah, Gary's uh, shouting out all our old cameramen from the, the spot. I was with Gamer. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really well. Oh, man. Yeah, it was good stuff. So there it is. That's my... Well, because we've seen you, I've seen L get fired up. So, like, I know you, you were turning around <laughs> with authority, so and I know your fists were clenched. Yeah. I was, uh, I was pretty incensed. Um, mm. and, uh, and it wasn't, I wonder though, if I would have been as mad if, you know, I hadn't been at that place where it was like, it's been a little while, you know, also not an invitation to cat call a woman ever. It's not okay. And we don't like it, but sort of to realize he was not, in fact, <laughs> recognizing the gains I had been trying to make in the gym did uh, feel some kind of way, but the upside was that I got to talk with Doug Flutie and that was, that was great. Uh, listen, it's that accent. It'll get you every single time. It's She'll gonna, be right. It's, it's, it's gonna get you. Elle, you, <laughs> you've been on the receiving end of a lot of, not necessarily catcalling, but a lot of, uh, a lot of New England based fans wanting to either reach out to you or Doug Flutie, um, ask you how I'm doing, particularly in Tampa, you know, the Polish guy. <laughs> it's my absolute favorite. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, Gary Shrysky is a, a Korean American man, Korean and white. His father is a Polish man, hence the Shrysky surname. Um, but I would say that if you were to see Gary, it would be obvious to you. He is a man of Asian descent, very handsome man at that. Um, and we're at Nesson, and I'm sidelining at the Red Sox game, which was normally a Gary Streisky job. And this guy comes up to me, and he's like, hey, uh, great to see you, but where's the other guy? You know, and I'm like, what other guy? And he's like, you know, the other guy that does this. And, you know, there had been a couple of guys at that, at that point, right? And he's like, you know, and he doesn't want to say it. <laughs> he goes, 
the Polish guy. <laughs> the Polish guy. I'm like 100%. That's the first thing you think of. It's like Gronkowski and Streisky. <laughs> that was a guy. That was a guy tiptoeing on some thin ice down there, Tampa Bay. Ooh, speaking of tiptoeing on thin ice, I had oh, to get your opinion as an unmarried man yes. on one of those topics that has been all over Reddit and has somehow found its way probably into your social media at yes. some point or uh -huh. by the water cooler with your coworkers. A man leaves his wife at the airport and to summate, Perfect. she apparently does this a lot. He likes to be there. He's a type A traveler. He wants to be there early. She thinks time is relative and never wants to be there on time. They, at some point, because of her, missed a flight and were unable to go see their daughter at college for as long mm -hmm. as they wanted to. Mm -hmm. So this time around, they make their flights on time, but they have a layover. And it's a short layover. And there is a coffee stand right next to their next gate. And they've got about 30 minutes before they're going to board. And this wife has to have her Starbucks because coffee is a real addiction. And it's true. And so she decides... F that coffee that's right there. I'll yeah. take the train to some other place in the airport and get me yeah. my Starbucks. Well, what happens? Of course, everyone starts boarding. The man can't reach his wife. He's calling her. What's going on? They called our group. Get back here. She doesn't answer. The lady looks at him, the gate agent, and says, excuse me, sir. This is it. Last chance. Get on or get left. And he says, I'm going to leave my wife because damn it, damn it. At least one of us is going to get there on time to see our daughter. We can't do this to her again. She's a college student. You know how much she wants to see her parents? And so he leaves her. Yep. Yep. Only to find out that she thinks that's a bad thing. She's angry at him. She won't speak to him. And so he took it to Reddit. Am I the asshole? And first of all, anytime you have to ask, am I the asshole? The answer is yes. No, wait, what? Married. I actually, Gary, saw this whole situation play out in real life at Bradley Airport here in Hartford. What? Where the wife went off with one of the kids. The father has the baby. And the father is like, oh, my God, I can't get a hold of her. They're like, sir, we are boarding. Like, we're about to close the gate. He's like, I don't know where she went. She said she was just going to the bathroom. Please wait. She's freaking out. She's like, sir, get on the plane now or no. He says no. They close the gate up strolls the wife just as slow as she can with a giant 60 ounce glass of coffee and he's like i thought you were just going to the bathroom she's like i got a starbucks what you're and kidding. he's like they closed the gate they left us she's like you let them leave us he's mad he's upset so i say all this to say i actually think if i'm the wife in this situation I want him to leave me. You know why? Yeah. I don't want to hear his judgy ass, I told you so's, when inevitably he's standing there commiserating and bitching the whole time it takes to get another flight. I don't want it. You go on and go, do your thing, let me learn my lesson by myself at the airport because I'd rather not deal with your judgmental ass. Wait. I'm all for it. Wait. <laughs> How did you, wait. How are you leave turning me. this around on my husband? This is 100% the wife's fault. And listen, her at the airport isn't the only time I would be leaving her, okay? Because as soon as we get back to wherever home base is, that's grounds for divorce. And maybe, and maybe that's the reason why I'm not married just yet, all right? Yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know the give and take of the relationship. 
in, in that regard. But listen, more than like religious beliefs or political beliefs potentially having to be in line with with your your future spouse, there is a there is a belief in that when you get to the airport, you get there at least two hours early and you are at the no. gate. You are at the gate 20 minutes before they board. That's a non-negotiable. That's well, written you know, that's written yes. into a prenup. That's that's and that's fine, Gary. But what I'm saying is is that yes, it is the wife's fault. But I don't understand why she's upset. She should let him go because the point is he's just gonna sit there. If he had waited for her, which is what people were advocating for, you should have waited for her. Hell he had no. waited for her, she would have just he would have just sat there and resented her the whole time and been, you know, with his little jabs and his little gripes and his like and he would have had every right. But that's not gonna be helpful to the situation at all. I would rather him go on and go. Go hang out with our daughter, do your thing, all well and good, and let me find my own situation. Because, yes, I caused the situation. I had to have my Starbucks. You warned me. Fine. I missed the flight, and I'll find my way there because I'm a grown-up. You know what the X factor is in all of this? That mom wasn't the mom of the actual, it was her stepmom. Oh, she so, was and she was so, sick. Well, Don't so, well, but, 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 I'm just, I'm not saying, but I'm saying maybe there's a little bit of, maybe there's a little bit of jealousy between mother stepmother father and daughter and maybe she really didn't want to go down there and help her her daughter move i don't know l i just think there's layers to this but i'm on the dad's side he should leave her when he comes back leave her ass again <laughs> but 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 for good <laughs> i got a short fuse yeah clearly good god fuse. note to future mrs streisky if you <laughs> up his travel plans you're getting divorced baby time out not F up my travel plans, F up our travel plans. Speaking of which, I'm about to get on a flight and travel to Colorado. So I'm going to do that and I'm going to leave you right now. All Colorado, right, Colorado I'm State? I'm leaving you for Colorado, for Dion, for Coach okay. Prime. Well, hey, say hi to our people. Elle, I can't wait to see you next time. Monday, we'll in be person. in studio. Okay. And, and hopefully if we're not, by then you will have discovered, I don't know, a Best Buy, Gary, where you can go buy a microphone. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.